But uh, one thing that I was struck with as I was sitting here this morning, um, although this building looks different than Shalom, <clears throat> the faces that are looking at me are different than the faces that normally look at me um, from the pews of Shalom. But I've noticed, I've sensed that we are serving the same God. And um, that blessed me this morning. For a message, um, I would like to look at the, the parable of the talents and um, <clears throat> how we are using the talents that God has given us. And um, so I think we will go right into that. Uh, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14 and reading to verse 30. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same, and made them another five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time the Lord of those servants cometh, and reckoneth with them, and so he that had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, <clears throat> Lord, I knew thee, that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sowed, and gathering where thou hast not strewn. And I was afraid, and went, and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I had not strewn. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury, Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast that unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. <clears throat> 
So as we look at this parable here that Jesus said, that Jesus taught, um, Jesus says that this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like Jesus coming to earth and um, dividing up his talents to each one of us. And then he, it's like um, Jesus is going on this long journey. Um, Jesus has gone back to heaven, but he's going to come again. And the question is, what have we been doing with the talents that he has entrusted to us? Um, first of all, I want to take a look at a few lessons that we can learn from this parable. And then I want to take a little closer look at the passage and um, bring some more things maybe a little closer to home um, for us today. Um, so five lessons from the parable of the talents. And then what is the second part? What is God expecting us to do with what he has given to us? Or I struggled a little bit when I was, when I was um, coming up with this sermon here. What has God given to us? That makes it sound like it's ours. I, I, I want to try to say, what has God entrusted us with? It's not really ours. It's God's. So number one, success is a product of hard work. <clears throat> if we go back to Genesis, we see that God placed Adam in the garden to work it and to care for it. As Christians, God has given us a job to do here and now, right where we are. Salvation is not just a bus ticket that we get, we buy, or we purchase. Um, although salvation is the only way that we can get there, um, it's not just a bus ticket to heaven. If it were just a bus ticket to heaven, it wouldn't matter how we spend our time waiting until the bus gets here. Um, we see in this parable that we are to use our talents to glorify God, to serve the common good, and ultimately to further God's kingdom. God has made an investment into each one of our lives, and he's expecting a return on that investment. He's expecting something back from what he has entrusted to us. Number two, God gives us everything that we need to do, that we need to do what he has called us to do. A talent here in this parable indicates a large sum of money. Um, and I've read different places um, where it might have been $600,000, it might have been a million dollars. I don't really know exactly how much it was, um, what, it, what it would equal in our money today. But nevertheless, a large sum of money. Sometimes we look at this parable and we think, well, it's not fair that the one guy gets five talents and the other guy gets one. And sure enough, the guy that only got one, he didn't, he didn't make anything out of it. But as we look at this, we notice, or if we look at the amount of money that it actually was, um, each one of them was given enough to produce more than what he had. Um, and if we look at how the story turned out, they were not judged by how much they had, but by what they did with what they had. 
the master expected them to do more than just passively preserve what it what he had given to them or what he had entrusted to them so how are we doing god is expecting something from what he has entrusted to us number three we are not all created equal i've heard it said that the sooner that we figure out that life is not fair the better off we will be the second half of verse 15 says that the master gave to each of them according to his ability the master understood that the one talent servant was not capable of producing as much as the five talent servant that didn't make the five talent servant more better than the one talent servant it was just the master understood that's what he could handle so that's what he gave him and like I mentioned earlier at first it doesn't quite seem fair but yet we know as we work in a body in a church setting like this we know that different people have different gifts um, if I were to try to be a song leader you would soon realize that song leading is not my gift um, I, I'm not a song leader and I didn't know that I was a preacher but God called me to be a preacher so that's what I'm trying to uh, to be as well um, I would like you to notice that the reward of the first and the second servant were the same due to the amount of energy that they put into it they were di had different amounts of talents but they put the same effort into it they both gave it a hundred percent and that is what God judged them by I'm also very thankful that God is the judge and not us because God can see the motive and the effort that was put into um, the, the, the work that we do number four we work for the master and not for ourselves the money that the servants were given was not their own and the money that they made by investing it was not theirs to keep they were only stewards of their master's money I believe that the first and the second servants put their heart into investing their master's money and they found joy and satisfaction in seeing their master's wealth grow and as we think of that isn't that how it should be for us um, we too should find joy and satisfaction in seeing the kingdom of heaven and the things of God grow um, and succeed and we should be we should be thankful um, when we see our brother succeed when we see our brother growing in the Lord number five we will be held accountable Jesus is coming back um, in verse 19 there it says after a long time the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them we too have a master that is coming back one day we will be held accountable for every action the first two servants were judged worthy of entering into the joy of their Lord and they were given even greater responsibilities the third was judged wicked and unprofitable 
or lazy and was condemned to outer darkness. We might say, why? What was it really? Did he really need to be judged so harshly? After all, didn't he still have every dollar that his master had given him? He didn't lose it. Um, did he really need to be completely cast off from his master? I believe that the reason he was judged so harshly is because he had wasted the opportunity to grow his master's kingdom. He did not use what had been given or entrusted to him to benefit his master. So now, <clears throat> this could bring us into part two, you could say. What is God expecting us to do with what he has given or entrusted to us? And that brings up a few questions, and I'll just read them off and let you ponder them a little bit. What has God given to me? As you think about that. What is my role in the kingdom of heaven? And what is God expecting of me, of you? Sometimes we may, we may get this idea that we don't really have much to offer. Or we don't have much to give. We, we, we just don't. Um, there, there's people that are much more qualified to do maybe what we are called to do. But God has given each one of us something that we can give. Even the one-talent servant had enough to produce more with what he had been given. You can turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 12. Familiar passage here. I want to read the first eight verses. And um, these verses here speak of personal responsibility. Romans chapter 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is what? Only your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, unto me that every sorry, start over with verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the portion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, 
He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. <clears throat> so Paul says here in verse 1, he says, I beseech. Beseech is not a word that we typically use in our day-to-day um, English language, or at least I don't. Um, but it, simp- it means to, to ask urgently or fervently, um, to implore or to entreat, kind of gives the idea of a, a begging or a pleading. Um, so with that in mind, he says, I beseech you that you give your bodies as a living sacrifice. Our bodies, if we think about it, it's really, it, it's what we're made up. I mean, this, this is what we see, our bodies. It's, it's what we are. It's really anything that we do, we do with, our, with what we have been given and, and out of the outworking of our body. Um, and who gave us that? God gave us that. Really, everything we have been given was given by God or entrusted to us by God. And um, we are to give everything back to Him as a living sacrifice. Verse 2 says that we are not to be conformed or like the world, but that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What does that look like? We all know what the world looks like. We're supposed to be different than that. Um, and something that I found that, that was interesting is set, said, um, we may wisely decide that much of the world's behavior is off limits to us, and that is good. We are not to conform or be like the world. But it must go deeper than that. We must be transformed in our minds. It is possible, and this is the part that that stuck out to me, it is possible to avoid most of the worldly customs and feel pretty good about ourselves, right? It's possible to do all that, not to go to the places of the world and feel like we're being separate, but yet, what about being proud, covetousness, selfishness, stubborn attitudes, arrogant attitudes. Um, And that's the renewing of our minds. Those are the things that we have to deal with in our minds. Only when the Holy Spirit renews, or we could say reprograms our mind, that is when we are truly transformed in our minds. We need to be renewed or reprogrammed. And for me, that's a process. It happens again and again. We have to continue to be renewed in our minds. Verses 6 through 8 give us a list of different gifts God has given to us to build His church. There are prophets, ministers, teachers, exhorters, givers, rulers, merciful people, cheerful people. Why does God give us these gifts? Is it not to build his church, to build his kingdom? 
to use these gifts effectively, we must, um, I, ha I have a list here of things that we must do to use these gifts effectively. Number one, we must realize that all gifts and abilities come from God. Like I mentioned earlier, they are not our own. Number two, we must understand that not everyone has the same gift. And that was obvious this morning. We had a song leader. We had a, a guide moderating the Sunday school and having um, devotions. And we had the Sunday school teacher. And then um, Matt had the announcements and the opening. And I'm here preaching. Um, not everybody did the same thing. If we'd all tried to be song leaders up here, it wouldn't have worked very well. <clears throat> Just like in the parable of the talents, not everyone is given the same amount of talents, but they were not judged by what they had, but by what they did with what they had. Also something to take courage in is God will never give us more than what we can handle when we ask for His strength. Number three, we must know who we are and what we do best. <clears throat> This can be difficult, but I believe that God has given everyone something that they can do, that they can use to build up the church of Jesus Christ. And I don't know. I, I can't, many of you, I, I don't know. I, I can't look at you and, and see what your gifts are. Um, and that's hard to do for another person. But we all should stop and think about it what what are the gifts that I can that God has entrusted to me that I can use to build God's kingdom I believe we all do have a gift number four we must dedicate our gifts to God's service and not to our own personal success it can be a temptation for us to take the honor and the glory but when it really comes down to it none of us have anything that we have not been given of God. We must not let pride get in the way. God gets the praise. Our goal should be, faith, should be to be faithful and to seek ways to serve others with what God has entrusted to us. So I think that we can liken this parable of the talents <coughs> to um, God entrusting us with the gifts that edify, that build up his church um, and his kingdom. And another thing that as we look at the, at the parable of the talents that we have, to, um, we have to realize is that like in the parable of the talents, um, that master came back. Jesus is also coming back. Jesus has not yet come back. But Matthew 24, <clears throat> Matthew 24, verse 42 says, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Are we ready to give an account for the actions and the way that we have handled what God has entrusted to us? He is coming back. In closing... I'd like to go over a few points and um, 
pray that it can be a challenge to us as we go uh, throughout this week, uh, continue to live our lives. First, what are you doing with what God has entrusted to you? Are you investing what you have been given or are you digging a hole in the ground and burying it, not doing anything? Another point, <clears throat> remember that the third man was not condemned because he had the least, but because he didn't do anything with what he had been given. I challenge each one of you to look at your life. What are you spending your time doing? <coughs> Is it kingdom work? Or are you selfishly using your talents on yourself? There's a lot of good things that we can become involved in. We can um, give food to the poor. We can, um, I, I don't know, there's a whole host of things. Volunteer in our community. We can pick up garbage out along Route 15 or 104, whatever. But if we are not investing in kingdom work, we are not using our talents to honor and glorify God. And God is going to hold us accountable for what we do with our time. Let's kneel for prayer.